Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 1236, air date June 9th, 2023. Well, David, the number one reason I'm running for president is because the problems that America faces are uh, very fundamental systems issues. Uh, we need a systems overhaul. And the only uh, kind of people that are going to be able to solve that are people who actually come from people and actually care about the suffering of the American people and who have a systems approach to solving these problems. The Democrats and Republicans, uh, I would argue since the last 70 years, have been colluding together against the American people. One of the, when I first launched our campaign, David, the main thing that I shared uh, was this very interesting graph. Um, and the graph basically uh, plots over the last you know, 40, 50 year period, the life expectancy of all the industrialized nations, all right? And then it averages it um, into one solid gray line, starting from 1980 to the present. America's uh, life expectancy rate is going this way. All the other nations are going straight. And this is not something that's because of COVID or the vaccine. Um, it has to do with a history of policies that go back starting in the Kennedy administration, which got consolidated in 1970s uh, with all sorts of fundamental issues. And we'll talk more about that. But the end result is that the policies of both Republicans and Democrats have resulted in the fact that uh, if you're an American, your child will live younger than you. And this is quite devastating. And it is a very fundamental graph that no one else wants to talk about, David, because it exposes all of these politicians, it exposes all of the academics, it exposes all the university presidents, all the quote unquote talking heads, all the celebrities, all of these people who have been part of this institutional framework that has resulted in this very important result. I mean, if you're running an organization, you see a graph like that, you need to have a systems overhaul. And it's not any one issue. It's a systemic issue of a number of interconnected issues that go back to the corruption of science, go back to the fact that doctors have essentially been made to be data entry operators. Uh, you can go down the list of things that's involved, but it's fundamentally exposes the fact that those in power don't give a damn about the American people. And, and, the, re and the reason, David, is all of them running come from one of them. They come from the elites. So to overnight say, and this is why you see people like, I call them Booby F and Kennedy, Robert Kennedy, talk a good game, or uh, Elon Musk, and all of these people talk from five sides of their mouth because they have trained people that they can say whatever they want, that they don't never have to walk the walk. They can say one thing and people just believe them because they come from above. And that's the fundamental thing that needs to be shattered, David. And I think the American people deserve one of them. They need people who actually worked hard, came bottoms up and weren't given, you know, things by their parents and never really had to work for anything, never had to be accountable for mistakes that they made in their lives. So that's where I'm running because people really need someone like me. As you know, David, I've always called things two to three years ahead because I put in the effort to understand things from a scientific perspective, from a political perspective, from what I call a systems perspective. That's right. Yeah, and of course, that's a, the important part, I think, about the campaign for presidency. We have such a massive bureaucracy in Washington. But when you have uh, the campaign for presidency, if you've got some people who are going to talk about things that are outside the normal approved topics, uh, that's what people need to be able to hear. 
uh, we need to be able to open up the, the lines of discussion. And of course, that uh, includes things like being able to get into debates. We can talk about that later as well. But it's the fact that they will always talk about the same safe subjects and take the same safe positions. You know, Dr. Shiva, when we uh, look at what is happening on the internet now, you know, I go back often and talk about how you had uh, geospatial intelligence agencies started uh, being created in the 1990s as bandwidth went up. They seemed to go in and pick the people who were going to be allowed to compete, just as we see in politics. They would give venture capital funding. The CIA even came out in the open and gave venture capital funding to certain companies and then let them compete. They had an honest competition to see, you know, may the best person win here. But they had already picked the people who were going to help them, uh, you know, put this stuff out and run it for free for a few years, get everybody into that system, and then close the, the uh, doors on this walled system. And, and that's really where we are. We've had closed doors on this walled system of politics for a long time. Yeah, David, if you, it, it's a very important point you make, and this is what Musk comes in. Musk has presented himself as a fighter for free speech when he's directly the opposite. And I want to sort of walk uh, that through with you because I was at the center of that fight for free speech, David. If you may remember in September of 2020, I forget the last time we spoke, but you remember in September of, you know, I ran for a Senate first against um, Elizabeth Warren in 2018. We were the ones who forced her to take that DNA test. It wasn't Trump. It was our efforts that did that. We put up you know, tens of thousands of signs with that great slogan, which said only the real Indian can defeat the fake Indian. And it was really exposing her integrity. It took off and we hammered her at this fact that um, she has no integrity. She's actually a racist because she uses race for her political advancement. Anyway, um, and at that time you would have thought the Republicans would have embraced us, they didn't. Um, so we ran as independents. And then in 2020, I gave the Republicans an opportunity. I ran for primary uh, uh, as, the Republican candidate. Um, and we had 3,000 lawn signs, uh, th sorry, 3,000 volunteers, David, all over Massachusetts. Uh, we raised $2 million in a primary, all $5, $10 donations. And we had close to 3,000 volunteers on the ground. You couldn't get out of Massachusetts without seeing our billboards, 25,000 lawn signs, you know, 10,000 uh, bumper stickers everywhere. The Republican GOP finds a fool to run against me who maybe had one lawn sign, literally, David. Now on September primary day, 2020, the word on the street was Dr. Shiva is gonna win by a landslide, all right? And lo and behold, as the results come in, I win in Franklin County in Massachusetts where all the ballots are primarily hand counted and I win there by 10 points. And in, near, and in every other county, I lose 60, 40, 60, 40, 60, 40, 60, 40. All those other uh, uh, counties have these machines. Now I had never ever thought there was fraud in U.S. elections. I thought it was that's only occurs in third world countries. And so <laughs> what was interesting was, um, you know, here I have four degrees from MIT. You know, I've studied electrical engineering, I built these systems, and I really started understanding these election um, machines. And what I found out within a very few days, and I stayed up day and night studying the manuals of these systems, that when a paper ballot goes through these machines, an image is taken, an image of that ballot, and it is the AI on the machines which looks for the dots. So the AI calculates your votes based on the image. According to federal law 52 USC 20701, which was passed by a Democrat majority 50 years ago, all records in connection with a federal election are supposed to be preserved for 22 months. So I naively go to the Secretary of State's office with one of our volunteers who was filming it. And he says, you know, we would like the ballot images. All right. 
um, and we file a formal FOIA and they have 10 days to respond to that FOIA. And they arrogantly say, oh, we don't have to save those images. We deleted them. Okay. And, but um, the reality is that's a violation of federal law. Anyway, 10 days later, I never get my response. So I say, hey, you're supposed to respond to me. And the Secretary of State's legal counsel says, oh, we don't need to save ballot images. And I go, can you show me the law? And they send me a manual for the, for the machines, which has nothing to do with it. I said, look, you have violated federal law. Um, now, those four emails, David, that I have, they're admitting they deleted ballot images. And I, we had moved this very powerful ground campaign on September 20, uh, 20th to a write-in campaign. And we put out 2 million flyers all over Massachusetts. That's a level of ground force we had, David, saying stop election fraud. So our campaign moved from these very fundamental policies to that. Now, what's interesting is when I put up that tweet sharing, and you have to, I had close to 300,000 followers on Twitter. I would do a tweet, David, it would get 30,000 retweets. My engagement was quite profound because I had, which I came to find later was a very powerful technique. I would do a tweet and then lead people to these long form, very educational videos. And you, and, and, and you have to remember, in March of 2020, I was the first guy to call out Fauci as a systems biologist. I said, the guy should be fired. The guy should be indicted. While Robert Kennedy was promoting lockdowns. Okay, Robert Kennedy was yeah. promoting strict lockdowns and promoted and, and lockstep and barrel with Fauci because it would save the climate. Okay, Robert Kennedy at that time had endorsed Hillary Clinton three times, Miss Vaccine Mandate Queen. And Miss Monsanto Queen, he had also endorsed his own nephew, who was a Democrat, also who was for strict vaccine mandate. So Robert Kennedy's full of crap, okay? And if people need to understand the Kennedys, and we'll come back to this historically, have been mafia. They have their own internal fights with the elites, but they've done very good PR, good camera angles to make them look like they are Camelot, right? But when they are completely part entrenched in the system. But anyway, I was exposing all of this in 2020 using my knowledge as a scientist, as an engineer. I could see uh, Fauci was a fraud back then. I wrote to Trump in March 23rd of 2020, said, please fire this guy. And I gave Trump a letter, an immune protocol that he should do that did not deserve lockdowns. You support the American public through proper uh, support like vitamin D3, quercetin, zinc. By the way, I didn't make a penny off that. A number of people took those protocols and they made tens, a lot of money, but we helped millions of people. So all that had already happened, David, in March of 2020, right? Um, and we had already helped people. But now, not only had I exposed Fauci by then, not only had I exposed the issues with the pandemic, not only um, uh, uh, um, had we called out these things at, when it mattered, but now here in September 2020, I get thrown off Twitter. Why? Because I shared, I, I said, the government uh, of Massachusetts violated federal law, they deleted ballot images. One of those fact-checking organizations very cleverly uh, removes the word images and they said, oh, Dr. Shiva saying one million ballots were deleted. I never said that. I said ballot images. Yeah. Anyway, in that article, when I was thrown off Twitter on September 25th, 2020, this fact-checking organization in a sort of a blessing in disguise, they said, oh, we called up the Secretary of State's office of Massachusetts. Remember, I'm running as a U.S. Senate federal candidate. And they said the Secretary of State's office said, that they had contacted Twitter to throw off Dr. Shiva. Now think about what I'm saying. The government of Massachusetts had called Twitter to, to throw off a Senate candidate. 
And I knew I had a First Amendment case. I didn't know enough about election law. So no lawyer in Massachusetts wanted to take on Secretary of State Bill Galvin, who's known as the Prince of Darkness. The guy's been in that role for 40 years, controls everyone. Well, because I actually care about the First Amendment, I, I, I came from a country that doesn't have that. The Commonwealth countries don't have that. So I had to file my own lawsuit, David. I had to learn case law. And I had to file a lawsuit and I had to file a preliminary injunction. And the, ju the judge gave us our uh, uh, hearing, which is very hard. Judges typically don't like to give PI hearings, right? Preliminary injunction hearings. So that was set for October uh, 15th. I wrote a letter to Tucker Carlson. I said, Tucker, as a US Senate candidate, I was thrown off. You should cover this. It's a, it's a large lawsuit. It's an important one. Nothing, silence. Anyway, I go into court. It's me against three, um, three Harvard-trained lawyers, and myself and the judge, federal judge, it's in federal court. We are cross-examining the social media director, and we're asking her, "How did you decide to throw me off Twitter? What was the procedure you followed?" Oh, we we saw him. We saw Dr. Shiva putting up this tweet. The judge said, "Well, what did you think about that?" Oh, we didn't like what he was saying. What did you do next? Oh, we have a special portal into Twitter, the partner support portal. He goes, what's that? He goes, oh, when we put, when we put a, uh, when we report, we get VIP treatment essentially. And so the judge said, you know, I'm sitting under a picture of Louis Brandeis, one of the biggest proponents of the first amendment. Had you ever thought of responding to his tweet with your own speech? Why did you call the government on him? You do understand he's a US Senate candidate. And they said, oh, we hadn't thought about that. Anyway, the judge was appalled. He gave me all the terms of my PI. He orders the Secretary of State no longer to call Twitter. And he says, you will, you will uh, refrain from interfering. If you have anything you don't like, you will go on Twitter and debate him. Anyway, I don't get put, that put back on until November 4th, right after the election. For 39 days where I had used Twitter to raise 2 million bucks, I was off the most important political platform. When I get back on November 4th, I start... By the way, you also may remember during that time, I had done the Michigan analysis. I'd done Arizona analysis. I became sort of the election mathematics guy showing all these problems. Didn't make a penny off of it, David, right? Trump started using election fraud and raised a half a billion using all of my material. We didn't make a penny off of that, all right? But the bottom line is that I keep between November 4th to February 1st, I talked about all sorts of issues against vaccine mandates, the election systems, and on November, uh, sorry, February first, uh, I put up a tweet once again, showing those four emails, exposing the Secretary of State. Boom! I'm deplatformed within 17 minutes of showing those images, permanently. I go into federal court again, and I say, Your Honor, they didn't hold up your order. And he says, In order for me to give you restitution, you must bring Twitter into my courtroom. Now, this is a historic case. So it's now me against the Secretary of State, three lawyers. And I also discovered an organization called the National Association of State Election Directors, who had also contacted uh, Twitter. They represent the force of all the secretaries of state, David. Okay. Wow. And they had used uh, uh, Twitter. So they were also a defendant. And now Twitter is a defendant. Anyway, May, uh, end of May was that hearing. So now it's me against seven lawyers. Again, no lawyer wanted to take this on. What happens at that hearing was the night before that hearing, 
I find three very important documents on initially on a server in England and then on the Harvard Belfer School server. And these documents are playbooks, David. They are actual playbooks which lay out step-by-step -step methods how the U.S. government will censor U.S. citizens. Developed at the Harvard Kennedy Belfer School, the Kennedy Belfer School, right? And these documents, and the head of the D Defending Democracy Project was a guy called Robbie Mook, who was Clint Hillary Clinton's former campaign manager, but not only the Democrats, Republicans and Democrats. And these documents laid out how you will identify an influence operator domestically, people who are critiquing the government, how you will blacklist them. And so when I go into court the next morning, I hold up this document. I had to do my opening statements. There must have been about a thousand people because that was when Zoom hearings were taking place during the lockdowns. And I said, Your Honor, all of these defendants have lied to you because the front page of this document was written by Twitter Legal, by Harvard, and all the defendants in this case. Near, in, three years ago, they had put together a document how would they will silence speech of Americans silently by laundering censorship. The government would launder censorship through these backdoor portals. The judge is appalled. He says, uh, I got to read this. It was only supposed to be a two-hour hearing. It goes on for the next day. He, come, he, he comes into the next hearing and he goes, he goes, I went through Dr. Shiva's documents. He goes, this case will go down in history and will be taught in every constitutional law class. This guy's a Harvard, Yale, you know, trained, you know, judge. And uh, again, mind you, I had told Tucker Carlson and Glenn Greenwald and ACLU, they did nothing. That's right. Because they're arrogant. They And they're, I believe they're all part of the intelligence establishment. They do limited hangouts, only putting out news, either drives them popularity, but they surely did not want to drive me views and hits because I'm independent of the left and the right. And yeah. the judge says, I have the right to appoint you a constitutional lawyer. He goes, you've done amazingly well on your own. The head of Wilmer and Hale, Twitter's vice, Twitter uses Wilmer and Hale, one of the leading firms in the world. And the vice chairman of Wilmer and Hale said, we don't believe he wrote his lawsuit briefs. They're too good. Okay. <laughs> and I haven't gone to law school, but I had figured out how to write pretty good briefs. The end. This is before ChatGPT. <laughs> this is before ChatGPT. I had to actually do the work. Now, remember, David, I am doing stuff, exposing election stuff. I did the signature verification analysis for Arizona. Carrie Lake should have followed it then. All these grifters stayed silent. They didn't, they don't do what needs to be done at the right time because they watch which way the wind blows and they see if they can make money off of it. That's, That's what the key, the money. Yeah, yeah, the money. So 2020, March of 2020, where was Booby F. And Kennedy? Nowhere to be found. He waited a year and a half to plagiarize all my material and then write the stuff against Fauci but he was lock, step, and barrel with Fauci's lockdowns in 2020. And everyone should look this up. Kennedy's speak from left and right sides of the mouth. They always, they are the epitome of the not so obvious establishment. And they use this Kennedy name to manipulate the masses. It's gotta end. And here you saw Trump didn't do really anything against election systems integrity. You know, two years later, he uh, said, oh, I wanna thank Dr. Shiva. I met with Trump and I said, why did you endorse a guy in Massachusetts who fundamentally was the one who cheated my own election? But Trump is also about making money. He made a half a billion dollars of election systems fraud. And this is what people need to wake up to. But anyway, what ended up happening- Even the extent that you know, we had a lockdown election. 
right? Why did we have a lockdown? Why did he persist in that? And that's why we had uh, that additional new form of corruption with the paper ballots and all the rest of this stuff. Exactly. It really is a deputized state. You know, when you're talking about the, um, the ballots being uh, disappeared, the same thing happened in Texas with local elections. And we had somebody who ran for local office and they said, well, according to the Texas Constitution, you're supposed to keep an image of all these ballots. And we had the guy who, the Republican, who ran the uh, State Board of Elections there. But somebody who used to work at the Rose Law Firm with Hillary Clinton, the Republican governors brought him in to run the elections. And he would send out a message every election to all of the boards of elections in every county saying, destroy the records. Why would you do that what's in the Constitution that you've got to have it in there? Uh, yeah, sure it, and, and yeah, it's it, it's 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 a twenty-two month principle. The bottom line, David, is you find out that there are fundamental systems issues, and there's the swarm of elites, which includes a collusion of the the, the top one hundred university professors. It's, it's so the the conspiracy. There is a conspiracy, but the problem is the conspiracy theorists don't understand that they think it's one person, right? Oh, the Rothschilds here or this religious group here, et cetera. It is a swarm, no different than a bird swarm flying, swarm intelligence. So they have the top 100 academic uh, university professors. They have the top 100 leaders of the biggest NGOs, right? They have the top uh, 100 investment bank uh, and advisors from, uh, you know, Jamie Dimon, et cetera, right? They have the Hollywood agents. They have the influencers now, the Joe Rogans, the Tucker Carlson's, right? All of these people yeah. are chosen and they all collude together in one framework. And the front end of this collusion is the obvious establishment like the McConnell's and the Clinton's, which they just hammer people. And when they can't do that, they have the not so obvious establishment, which are the Kennedy's, which are the Trump's. And you go down the list, they all say the right things. But when you actually look at materially at their actions, they have learned to say one thing and do another. I'm going to drain the swamp. Well, you brought the swamp in, okay? I'm going to lock her up. Well, you didn't do that, right? You, your own followers got locked up. He took money from Pfizer. So the bottom line is, and same with Kennedy. Kennedy, in fact, speaks from 10 sides of his mouth. And that's what he does all day long. And our campaign is exposing this because we were in the trenches doing the work while these guys were bullshitting people, David. So when you follow that entire process through, and I want to get to Musk, is that so here in May, we've exposed that the government has a backdoor portal. We've told all the major Tucker Carlson and Glenn Greenwald, the ace, they did nothing. Either they were jealous because we broke the story, they didn't want to give us the views, or they're part of the intelligence network where they release stories when it doesn't matter. In 2020, it mattered that you covered the story. Just like it mattered you talked about indicting Fauci in 2020. Not like Rand Paul who waited a year and then used our fire Fauci Hashtag, we came up with, I collected 120,000 signatures, David. We drove them down to Trump in our rickety old school bus. When the lockdown, we delivered it to him. Marla Maples took my letter and said, do not fire this guy. Follow this immune protocol. We don't need to shut down the entire country. Vitamin D3, quercetin, zinc, boost people's immune system. Trump didn't do anything. He had all the information in front of him. So He played a, he played a clown to Fauci's straight man. You know, he'd say, exactly. well, maybe we can inject sunlight in. And Fauci's like, oh, oh, oh I'm the expert here. I'm like, you don't know anything about it. It, it was it was like a, a stand-up routine with Abbott and Costello. It's crazy. David, it's theater. And these people know they're yeah. playing theater. And if you think yeah. about so, but let me just finish this, the lawsuit thing, because it gets quite profound. So sure. the, the judge then appoints me a constitutional lawyer. And that's when I should have realized it was a honeypot. 
The constitutional lawyer was supposed to brief up my cases and all the signals from the court were they were going to put me back on Twitter. And remember, in my lawsuit, it wasn't just getting back on Twitter. It was also that I wanted these uh, uh, these uh, these the government in their personal capacity, the secretary of state to be sued for damages. And I, I had figured out the case law to overcome qualified immunity. Well, anyway, in June, July is when I'm supposed to present my case to the judge. OK, with this new constitutional lawyer, a guy called Howard Cooper. Well, what ends up happening is three days before the briefs are due, Cooper tells me, oh, Shiva, you're going to become one of the biggest heroes, the first guy back on Twitter, drop all your claims against the government. And I go, what are you talking about? I said, you haven't briefed this? No. He goes, well, it's my way or the highway. So I fire Cooper. And in three days, David, he had seven weeks. I had to put together nearly 2000 pages of memorandum of law myself. So I go into court and it was a setup that what the judge flipped. He just wanted to put me back on Twitter, toast their martinis and Martha's Vineyard and say, you know, we got this rabble rouser. Isn't it great? We all defended the First Amendment, but they wanted me not to go after the government. I refused. He wanted to censor me, throw me in jail. And he forced me to file the case just with one claim, which I did. But I got a very, very important diagram in there, David. If people go to winbackfreedom.com, um, and that diagram essentially exposed the entire censorship network, the Omidyars, the Zuckerbergs, all the people who funded it, all the players, and Matt Taibbi and all the Twitter files guys stole my stuff two years later, never cited my work, and they rebranded it the censorship industrial complex. It was my work. So, so this was a limited hangout that they did two years later. So anyway, in October of 2022, I'm sorry, December 20, October 2022, when Musk buys Twitter, I, I'm still on Facebook and I say, hey, Elon, are you going to remove the backdoor portal that government has to Twitter? The next day, David, The Intercept drops a story saying, oh, my God, DHS is involved with social media companies. Well, it was a complete limited version of what I had put. DHS was one of the players. Tucker Carlson then has Fang who's, the, who's a, a writer at The Intercept, on and goes, oh my God, isn't this amazing? How did we miss this? Well, I have the emails that I've sent to Tucker. He missed it. Not only did he miss it, but he concealed the actual story and then he promotes The Intercept, which gives a limited version of it. This is a CIA technique called a limited yeah. hangout. You yes. And then, so I expose that. The next day I'm put back on, um, uh, eventually I'm put back on Twitter on December 20th. And I think they were trying to buy me, David. So I get back on Twitter and everyone can watch the tweet feed. And I said, hey, Elon, if you want truly free speech, you look like you're looking for a CEO, I'm willing to be your CEO. That tweet goes viral, David. It gets 20 million views. Wow. All right. Major newspapers picked it up. You can go, you just go look at it. Aya Dure, CEO, Twitter. You'll see all these hits. And then after that, I started hitting Musk. I said, are you going to remove that backdoor portal? Are you going to remove that backdoor portal? Clayton uh, Morris, who was at Redacted in a big Twitter spaces event uh, where Musk is there with about a couple hundred thousand people. He says, hey, Dr. Shiva's lawsuit, Elon, exposed that there's a backdoor portal into Twitter. How do you reconcile with that of your position wanting to be a free speech absolutist? Are you aware of this? What are you going to do? So Musk acts stupid. He goes, oh. That sounds like Big Brother. I'll get back to you on that. That was in December 20th of 2022. The scumbag doesn't do anything. 
And all of these conservatives suddenly are promoting Musk as though he's some free speech fighter. And what is really going on, David, and I wrote a blog page on this, is Musk is a government frontman for the United States and China, any government. That's what he is. And you have to look at the facts. They're right in front of us. SpaceX, $5.7 billion from, from government. All those Starlink satellites, all those permits don't just happen overnight. Okay? You are cahoots with government. Tesla. During the pandemic, the guy made 600 billionaires make $2.3 trillion. He, he, he became the biggest billionaire, the most wealthiest man during the pandemic. How did Tesla get profitable? They were not worth 600 billion. They weren't worth anything until they got carbon tax credits from government carbon tax credits. So he's lockstep and brow the climate change scam. He thinks Greta Thornburg is great. And using carbon tax credits, they move from negative profitability to about a billion dollars in profitability. They get a 600X on valuation. Suddenly he's worth 600 billion. Again, government linkage. Now finish up with Twitter. And this is something very few people understand. I've had to explain this in the most succinct way I can tell you is you have a publishing company like the New York Times and you have social media platforms. And a, a, a newspaper reporter, the New York Times writes something, say David kicks his dog all day, you can sue the New York Times. They don't have indemnity, right? And because of that uh, liability, if the New York Times makes a billion dollars in revenue, they're only worth about you know, two billion in value, two times on a good day, two times a revenue. A social media company, if they make a billion dollars in revenue, they get 10 times valuation. They're worth 10 billion. So when Twitter made 5 billion in revenue, they get a $50 billion valuation on Wall Street. Why? Why does a social media company value it at 10X and a New York Times is valued at 1X? Simple reason. Congress and Silicon Valley colluded to create what was called Section 230 immunity, which allows social media companies never to be sued. So if I post on, on, on Twitter, David kicks his dog, you can't sue Twitter, okay? So that indemnity allows them to have this higher valuation. Now, in return for that, Congress and CISA struck a deal with all these social media companies. You will give us backdoor access so we can censor people. And that censorship architecture is what I discovered in my lawsuit, that the way they censor it, they have a backdoor clearinghouse. The clearinghouse was created by Pierre Omidyar. It's all documented. This is uh, who was uh, the former head of eBay, who bought PayPal from Musk and Peter Thiel. That backdoor portal allows government to let this nonprofit, Center for Internet Security, know, oh, Dr. Shiva is saying something, take him out. They then report to Twitter. Government can say, oh, we didn't do it. It's laundering censorship. It's a term I came up with in my uh, lawsuit. So fundamentally, I had exposed this backdoor portal, and I didn't let up, David. I kept hitting Musk over and over and over again. And if you look at my tweet um, visibility in December, I used to get 500,000 views per day. And as I increase my tweets attacking Musk, my visibility goes down like this from 500,000 views to 300,000 views to 100,000 views. Now it's at 5,000 views, David, for guys got 330,000 followers and dropping, they eat away my followers on an algorithmic way. So what Musk has done is he's doing censorship 10.0. Jack Dorsey just took you out for certain issues. Musk gives the illusion that he, he put guys like me back on, but he has us in a digital cage where your voice doesn't go out anywhere. He has said free speech does not equal free reach. This is a complete rewriting 
uh, what the founders actually wanted free speech to be. And so you, I agree. so he's this guy's dangerous. And the most disgusting people are the conservative grifters. And you can see it. People like Dinesh D'Souza, people like James Woods, all these people are ass kissing to Musk because they want views. I saw it in front of them. I have it all videotaped and, in fact, documented. Musk, when the WEFCO got brought in, then people said, oh, my God, Dr. Shiva's right. Look, he just screwed us. He brought in a woman who's with a, a WEF executive who's pro-vaccine mandate, pro-mask mandates. And when he brought that person in, James Woods, you know, tries to be very snarky. He says, oh, I guess the party's over, you know? And I said, James, <laughs> the party never began. You know, right. and that's yeah, a couple of months ago, I, I put up a tweet and I was surprised because I'm so shadow banned. Uh, you know, I've got uh, like, what is that? I don't even 133,000 or something like that. But they keep it flat, you know, to go up over the weekend. And then when they come back on Monday or whatever, it, it drops off. Right. You know, everything happens always like that. And they've kept me at this plateau and, of course, limiting my visibility. But I was surprised Matt Drudge put a link to my tweet up. I was like, what is going on? Left it up there for a couple of days, so I'm pretty much burned. But what I, I said was, uh, you know, this is all just, Musk hasn't done anything. It hasn't changed except maybe to get worse. And he's brought back a few high profile people as a beard. And that's all that's really going on here. And I, yeah. I agree with you. You know, I, you call it, I, I like your term. I like laundering censorship. I call them the deputized state. Everybody talks about the deep state. Well, these are their deputies. They work on their behalf. Yes. I mean, that's yeah, and they get paid happening. and they get paid handsomely to do that. Now, what's interesting, David, is they in order to cover up the true findings of my lawsuit, they did the Twitter files, which is a complete bullshit. Okay. Because it never, if you notice, the intercept and Twitter never exposed the people who are actually the funders, people like Pierre Omidyar. They cleverly leave them out. And then what I've noticed is this is the way these guys work. It's a very interesting intelligence formula. First, when guys like me, independent journalists, expose the truth, they conceal it. And they hope it goes away. Then when it doesn't get concealed, they do a limited hangout, which is a CIA technique. They release a manicured version of that story, and they try to take ownership for it, like The Intercept, which is a, a total intelligence operation. The Intercept was started by Pierre Omidyar, and Pierre Omidyar is the one who created the Center for Internet Security. Think about this. And Fang never exposes that, that their boss is the one who created the censorship infrastructure. So they do a limited hangout. And then when the story is going to come out too much, then they try to own the story. Oh, we're the guys who released the truth. Not this guy, Dr. Shivaya Dure. We did it. Give us the honors. And that's called total plagiarism. So they have it down to a science, David. The problem they had, David, is a guy like me is alive. We're exposing it. And now we have close to 400 million people all over the world who know about all the videos I did. They did get out. And we've also created a movement now, David, called Truth, Freedom, Health. The Truth, Freedom, Health movement says all these movements for fighting for our health, fighting for good science, fighting for freedoms all have to come together. You can't have the yoga people here saying, oh, I'm going to take care of my body. And the, and the nerds talking about innovation and the freedom people saying, I want my guns. All these movements have got to come together. Why? Because without freedom... The fundamental force of movement of information, matter, and energy freely, you cannot do great science. Science demands the ability to have open discourse. And only with great science, truth, and freedom can you figure out what's right for your health. And when you have health, you have the wherewithal to fight for freedom and truth. So the Truth, Freedom, and Health movement now, we have close to about 400,000 people in over 100 countries. And what I'm doing, David, I'm teaching people system science, systems thinking. Not this reductionist way of looking at the world beyond left and right. 
And it is the only force that's going to change the world because the elites take very complex situations and they reduce it to one line, you know, Edward Bernays type advertising models. And then they have their Bobby Kennedy's, Booby Kennedy, that's what he really should be called, or Trump, or, you know, they found a brown guy like this guy, Vivek, right? They had to find, if you notice, there's been a lot of brown people that they found to take away um, this guy, Jay Bhattacharya, suddenly this doctor. Look at him. He was promoting lockdowns. And then suddenly he's going the other way. So all of these MDs, they want to try to get credit now. They're saying stuff against Fauci. Well, where you profited from being silent in 2020, and now you're profiting from lecture tours in 2022 and 2023. So what I urge people to do is it's not the obvious establishment, David, that's the enemies of the people. It's the not so obvious establishment. It's the Tucker Carlson's. It is the Booby Kennedy's. It is the Trump's because they keep people. They say just enough and they yes. and they have their marketing people figuring out all the buzzwords. But you look at Kennedy. We have a video that I exposed him in 2020. I had to do the dirty work in exposing Kennedy. I lost 20% of my followers, all these wealthy, bougie women who keep, keep giving him money. Well, it was Kennedy who endorsed Hillary Clinton three times. Not once, not twice, but three times. He endorsed his nephew, as I said, who's pro-vaccine mandate. We have a video where he says, I am pro-vaccine mandate. I am for full vaccination of all Americans. I vaccinated all my kids. And then he goes on with his other mouth to say, oh, the CDC is so corrupt but I'm gonna get them to make safe vaccines. You see, this is all bullshit. On Ukraine, the guy says, yeah, we are in Ukraine for the right reasons. We shouldn't be there for regime change. This is classic liberal imperialism, right? Yeah. It, it, the, the, the Republicans like Goldwater in Vietnam said, yeah, we need to bomb the hell out of the Vietnamese. The LBJs and the liberal elites said, well, we need to do it this way. They basically tell people how to screw other people so they can swallow the bitter pill. And this is the evil of people like Kennedy. This is the evil of these liberal imperialists because they take advantage of, of people. So our campaign, David, is fundamentally systems changing because what we're saying is when you look at that simple graph and you put it together, that one graph that since 1980, Americans' life ex expectancy is going like this, it makes it so clear. It doesn't matter what any of these guys say. They're eating organic food. They get the best insurance. They get the best health care. But everyday people, if you're an American, your son or daughter is going to live less than you. And that yeah. is the most important thing to recognize, that all of these people are professional bullshitters. They're professional theater. And the only people you can trust ultimately is one of you. Did this guy, does, does he walk the walk? I definitely do. I've been 100% right with, without any arrogance. You look at the predictions I made, they've been on target. Why? Because I take a scientific systems approach. And I'm telling you right now that the biggest thing that people need to recognize right now is that these people who are running for office right now, they're all one you know, group of people. They all work together. Elon Musk is part of that. And one of the most dangerous things that's taking place right now is the fact that the life expectancy of Americans is going downward. And the only way forward is a systems overhaul because it's not any one thing. And so what we've been doing on our campaign, David, is we have a six-part platform. And guess what? Our platform doesn't say, oh, elect me, and then I'm going to do this. So every Thursdays, David, we take an issue, and, we actually, and we're rotating it. So healthcare. What's our position on healthcare? I can talk about GPOs, PBMs, but even simpler, you got to boost your immune system. And government ain't going to do it. They're going to keep destroying your immune system. Ultimately, every policy... As a systems biologist, I know will affect your biology. 
policy to biology. So Cytosol, the technology that I created, allows us to understand what happens at the molecular systems level. So you take a policy, you can see how it affects your biology. So those in Congress and, and, and all of these people know that the health of American people is going downward because people's immune systems are shot. And when the immune yeah. system is shot, it is the operating system of even the aging systems. Anti-aging and immune system science are like this. So what's a healthcare policy? Forget the government, forget the presidency, forget the judiciary. You have to boost your immune system. So my being president, David, I have a very different definition of what the presidency is. I think the presidency is a bully pulpit to educate people. That's what a president should be doing because we know it's corrupt. We know the judiciary is corrupt. But if I get in as president, David, imagine you can go see my videos. I would be educating people every day on how this policy affects them and telling them you have to now take action at the local level. Government ain't going to do anything for you. Let's be honest. It ain't going to do anything. So when so healthcare boosts your immune system. And I we actually teach people this, David. We teach people what the immune system is. We give them the ability to do it. So they don't have to wait till I'm president. And we did that in 2020. When it comes to the environment, we just did a talk yesterday, and we this is our second time we've done it. We teach people the foundations of the environment are again, government has passed policies which support big ag, big agrobiotech companies. And I did some of the fundamental research showing what happens with genetic engineering, what it does at the molecular systems level for plants. But then we say, look, they're not going to do anything. Start supporting your local farmers. Learn how to eat on a local budget, organic food. Government ain't going to do that. When it comes to education, David, um, one of my mentors, Jay Forrester, said every child at the kindergarten level should learn system science, systems thinking. It's way beyond reading, writing, and arithmetic. You should learn that first. So we just offer that program, David, every every other Thursdays. And then when it comes to innovation, you know, I wrote a book many, many years ago, David. It's a very simple book called The Seven Secrets of Innovation. It teaches people what are the seven fundamental principles. And I give that away because there are seven principles people can teach. When it comes to the economy, we're teaching people as a part of our campaign, what is a balance sheet? What is a profit and loss statement? What is cash flow? Government ain't going to do anything. A president should be educating people how they can take care of themselves. And if they get conscious, then they're going to get good, militant, strong activists in their local levels. And that's the only way the world is going to change. It's not going to come from someone coming in and doing all these negotiations. Look at what's happened since Trump got in. What did he actually do? Lockdowns, lockdowns. Pfizer went from 45 billion in revenue, losing 25 billion over 10 years shooting up to 85 billion in revenue, now 100 billion. So yeah. these guys aren't going to do anything for you. We have to do it ourselves. And you need um, one of you, which is a guy like me. So that's why I'm running, David. Well, you know, that's a great thing because I, I've said for the longest time, I said, look, we need to understand uh, what these people are doing. We see that there's going to be a slight uh, difference in the way that they come after us first. They all have the ultimately the same goal. But I said it's important to understand where these guys are coming from. The most important thing, is have a discussion about what is going on. And I think that's the value of the campaign is to have, and it's very limited whenever that happens that you do have a discussion about what is uh, gonna be done out there. So I think that's a, a good approach uh, for your campaign to get that out there, to have uh, people look at, because the bully pulpit doesn't just happen if you get elected president, the bully pulpit is really happening during the campaign. Exactly. Aspects of it. And, and so that's a very important thing that you're doing there. So tell us a little bit about, uh, I, I guess, since you've got truthhealthandfreedom.com. Truth, freedom, health, truth, freedom, health.com. Yep. 
truth, freedom, health. Okay, yeah, they're, they're over truth, freedom, and health. Um, since you've got that, why, uh, though, with the, with the president thing, is that you know, why are you running for president? You've got the bully pulpit that you've been able to establish contact with people. Um, you know, when you're running for president, I've said with people way before you get to the ballot counting aspect of it. It is uh, already corrupt in terms of who gets on the ballot in different places, who gets into debates, as we're seeing already. Uh, that's really where it begins, right there with ballot access. And I'm sure as an independent, it's got to be a real uphill climb. But does, uh, well, you know, what, well, what does running for president? Yes. So, so, David, it's a great question. You're asking one of the most fundamental questions. Everyone at a certain point in their lives, and it may happen when they're five years old. In my case, it happened when I was four, right? Because I grew up in an Indian caste system. I grew up in working class neighbors in New Jersey, right? You come to a point in life where you observe the world. And at some point, whether you do it consciously or unconsciously, you decide, I don't like the way the world it is, the way it is, right? Or I, I'm fine with it. I'm willing to put up with all these inequities. And when you come to that point in life where you choose a form or we say, hey, this is really screwed up. I want to be an agent of change. But it's a very important decision people make. And some people actually make the decision, but they never acknowledge they made that decision. So I made that decision when I was 12 years old. Um, and when I decided that, I said, I'm going to use whatever uh, my existence to figure out how all of this works. Now, in the, in the current world, they give people only two options. They say, oh, you want to change the world? Oh, write to your congressman, right? <laughs> That's what they taught us when we were eight, right in civics class, right? Write yeah. to your congressman or run for office, right? The What I call the electoral opportunistic process and in that process you're told to compromise oh don't say that don't say this get into office that's the goal right so you end up in this opportune model the other option they give you is a legalism approach be a lawyer file lawsuits right etc now we know both of those are corrupt the legalism approach takes you to courts which are completely bought and paid for and the electoral process goes into a process where i learn hands-on it's elections or selections however both of those processes can be a front end to have what you just said, discourse and teach people stuff. It's really an experimental lab. If you have a movement, if you have a movement and you're interested in advancing movement, movement is raising people's consciousness. To me, that's what movement is, movement of consciousness. And history shows that the only time anything has ever changed has always been through mass movements. People rising up, bottoms up. It occurred in the 1920s in the late 1800s in the United States with the great upheaval. It was these truly bottoms up workers movements long before they were taken over by the left and the right that galvanized people that were independent grassroots movements that scared the hell out of the elites. And you can look at it in the United States, right? By the 1920s and 30s, these bottoms up movements, truly independent trade union movements is the ones that eliminated child labor. It's a thing that made sure that we had infrastructure. It's a thing that we had proper plumbing. It's a thing that forced us to get proper hygiene. So long before 1963, before the measles vaccine came, most of measles was gone. But no one wants to give the credit to those workers' movements that did that. And when that happened in the 1950s, the Republicans and Democrats got together. McCarthy branded all these movements. He said they're communists. And then the left wing took over all these movements top down. So by 1970, the unions were destroyed. They weren't truly organic bottoms-up movements. The, the, the right wing attacked any time working people organized. Oh, they're communists. They're communists. And the left wing actually took over these movements. So between 1940 and 1970, 
American economy expanded, everyone's wages grew because of these mass movements. But after 1970 till today, the, the wage of American workers has gone down. And there's maybe been, you know, 900 strikes in the United States. In the 1940s, there were close to 11,000 strikes. It was truly a bottoms up movement. So in my view, those in power do not want people mobilizing bottoms up, independent of left and right. They want people to always give away their power to some fool called a Kennedy or some other guy called a Trump, you see? And they've engineered that. So having understood this, David, and I, it took me, a, I mean, I studied left-wing books, right-wing books, everything I can get a hold of, and I realized it was bottoms-up movements. In system science, I would call it a self-organizing system where enough people start consciousness raises. So our movement for truth, freedom, and health teaches people this. We educate people. It's it's knowledge. It's a community. Running for office, when I ran in 2020, think about all the accomplishments we did because they attacked us. We were the ones who exposed the election fraud. We were the ones who exposed Fauci. We were the ones who exposed the backdoor portal. Had a guy like me not run, David, and just be a cloistered academic or a scientist, none of this would have come out because we wanted the truth. Oh, I agree. So now me running for president and doing it in every 50 state, David, think about what experience that's going to give to all these new people coming because they realize left and right is screwing them. Now they're going to try to get on the ballot or Shiva for president on the ballot. They say, wow, what the hell is really going on? Think about the learnings people are going to learn. Think about in their bones, they're going to learn the corruption. It's not just going to be something they watch on Fox or CNN. They're going to learn it. And how valuable is that, David, to educating people on why they need to be active citizens. And I even think it's a great plan. I, I, I yeah. agree with you. I've, and I've been telling everybody, look, you're not going to get anything solved in Washington, but everybody wants to look for a solution in a president. So if you're running for president, it gives you an opportunity to tell them, hey, start with yourself, start exactly. with the community, start from the bottom up, I think it's a brilliant plan. Yeah. And and what <laughs> we've done, David, we, we're, it, we've created sort of a revolution university. It, 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 you know, you go to school for civil engineering, you go to school for aeronautical engineering. Right. If you want to build an airplane, you have to understand Bernoulli's principle. You have to understand design. Where do people go to figure out how to change the world? The dynamics of change. You know, this book, I have System and Revolution, took me 20 years to write that book. In that book, I explained to people in very simple terms, what is a system? The nine principles, you know, you learn in an MIT PhD class. I've made it easy. And you find out the same principles show up everywhere in nature. Now, understanding those principles, people understand what is a revolution that it is a phase transition, you know, like water going from ice to, you know, liquid. And when people understand these concepts and then they understand what is a disturbance. So we're teaching people this fundamental theory. Then we get people on the ground, David. We have people going out, handing out leaflets, going door to door. But the idea is to make people be conscious activists that it's up to them. And so That's our great. camp- We so, gotta get you back on and talk about this. We're out of time, but it was fascinating. Uh, again, truthfreedomhealth.com. Yep, and then people uh, can Shiva, go to four, numeral right. four, president.com. So Shiva for president.com. Number four, and president.com. Yeah, donate right, and volunteer, right. but get involved. Thanks, David. Look forward to seeing you. I'm glad we reconnected. Thank you for all the work you do, David. I was very, I'm very, very thankful for your intelligence, by the way, um, well, and your thank thoughtfulness. You. Thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. I really do appreciate it. I think it's a great idea. That's it for the broadcast today, folks. Thanks for Thanks, listening. David. Be well. Thank you. All right, everyone. That was my uh, interview with David Knight. David Knight's a, uh, he's, he's, uh, I like him. He's a, he's a good independent journalist. And anyone listening out there, 
you can do a couple of things. Number one, go to shivaforpresident.com and donate or volunteer. And by the way, when you donate, I give you lots of things. Whatever you give, we give you access to all a lot of uh, the books and the system stuff uh, from Truth, Freedom, and Health. So you get access to all that. I never like taking something for nothing. So please support yourself. Become a force for change. And as I close this meeting, I want to play this very powerful uh, video that we did for Shiva for President. Um, but go to shivaforpresident.com. Go to Truth, Freedom, and Health. Become a warrior scholar. That's the way you can support everything we're doing. You know, I do this full-time. I still run my full-time job, and I do this. So it's a pretty big set of uh, things I take on. It's sort of, uh, uh, you get very little sleep doing this, but the way you guys can support is get on the ground, go to Shiva for President, volunteer and donate. But more importantly, get involved in Truth, Freedom, Health, where you learn this stuff. So go to, let me put the banner for this. If you go to truthfreedomhealth.com, go up, sign up, become a warrior scholar. And independent of that, also every Thursdays at 11 a.m. and 8 p.m., I do a town uh, hall and an orientation. Go to vashiva.com slash orientation. Get involved. Um, do it for your family. Do it to recognize that it is only us who are going to change the world. Politicians aren't going to do something. nothing. These elections are an opportunity for you to actually understand politics. And the only way is to build a bottoms up movement. So let me play this video and I wish you all well. And I'll be back in one sec uh, right after this to say some concluding remarks. Who would have ever thought I'd be running for president of the United States of America? I was born a low caste untouchable in India's caste system, a system of aristocracy, oppression and racism. My name is Dr. Shiva Ayadure. I'm an MIT PhD, a Fulbright scholar, a scientist, engineer, entrepreneur and inventor. My family and I left India to come to America on my seventh birthday. I grew up in the working-class neighborhoods of New Jersey, playing baseball, mowing lawns, painting houses, and coding software. My friends and neighbors are Blacks, Italians, Irish, people of all races. As a 14-year-old, I wrote 50,000 lines of software code to create the world's first email system, and was awarded the first U.S. copyright for email, recognizing me as its official inventor at a time when copyright was the only way to protect software inventions. I did that long before I ever came to MIT revealing that big innovations can occur anytime, anyplace, by anybody. Growing up, I saw politicians dividing us by race and religion in both America and India to have us fighting each other while they remained safe in their gated communities and in their playgrounds of Hollywood, Martha's Vineyard, and Silicon Valley. I'm a fighter. I fought racism and exposed their imperialist wars, fought for workers, and put my life on the line against global corruption. I never wanted to run for political office. All that changed when I saw working Americans as never before being duped by the establishment and the not-so-obvious establishment. Across left and right, we were being sold out and made to forget why we came to America and why America existed. Lawyers, academics, billionaires, celebrities and politicians, elites, Clintons, Kennedys, Bidens, Obamas, Bushes, black and white have hijacked America. They printed trillions for their friends. They delivered crumbling infrastructure, corruption and racism. They've transferred trillions to themselves, dividing black and white, fear-mongering and fake science, lockdowns and censorship, dirty air, food and water, pushing drugs upon us, making us sicker. We've been sold out, one set of rules for them and another for us. We deserve a warrior with a history of courage in putting everything on the line for you, who believes in you, not them, who has created a movement bottoms up for truth, freedom, health. I've exposed their lies at the right time 
never waiting until it was popular. I've exposed their false gods, who exist to lead you back to them. I've exposed their fake science of lockdowns and masking, and provided you solutions to fight them and win, and protect your immune system, saving millions. I expose Fauci, galvanize the fire Fauci campaign when others remain silent. When they stole our election, we sued the government and Twitter in our historic 2020 federal lawsuit, exposing in bare view the government and big tech censorship infrastructure, the unholy alliance between government and social media companies. Where was Elon and his grifters? They stood by the sidelines and did nothing. They did not use their megaphones to help us when it could have made a big difference. Now our movement grows for truth, freedom, health, independent of all of them. Every day millions are learning the science of systems, the knowledge the elites do not want you to have, so you may learn how to think, stand up, and fight, independent of the establishment of left and right and their fake heroes. Now it's time for you to join the movement to win back America, to win back truth, win back freedom, win back your health. That's why I'm running for President of the United States. This race is about you. This race is about truth, freedom, health versus power, profit, control. We've had enough. They think we'll fall in line and vote again for their lawyers, celebrities, billionaires, and chosen ones from above. We choose our heroes from below, from the rank and file who do what is right at the right time, not when it's convenient and popular. They can never represent us. What America needs is a movement by the working people, for the working people, who are educated, organized, decentralized, and fight for independence from their systems of control. And that movement exists. It's ready for you. We don't need them. We need us to go bottoms up, neighbor to neighbor. My journey, your journey are all the same. It's our time. It's time we had one of us. It's time to win back truth, freedom, health, to win back America, be part of this historic movement, all the way to our victory on November 5th, 2024. If you're an American citizen, pledge your vote now for Dr. Shivaya Duray, the independent candidate for U.S. President. No matter where you live, you can be a part of this. Volunteer as little as 20 minutes a day. Don't delay. This is Dr. Shivaya Duray, and I approve this message. Paid for by Dr. Shiva for President. All right, everyone, before I sign off, remember, it's about us. Let's start having respect for us. And remember, the swarm of elites is very clever. And they're clever because they want to keep us fat, dumb, and happy, and particularly divided. Every issue they do is always broken up into left and right, pro-trans, anti-trans, pro-woke, anti-woke. And they got all of us fighting. And the only way forward is to recognize that we have to fight for our interests. And our interests are to live long and prosper. Their interest is to make sure that we die younger. Democrats and Republicans want Americans to die younger. Remember that. And the data is right there for everyone to see. The last 80 years, the American lifespan is going down. If you have a child, what's unfortunate, your child is predicted to die younger than you. Think about what I'm saying. And this is brought to you by all these elites. They'll eat organic food. They have great health care. They'll talk, talk, talk because they want to help you. But it's all bullshit. We have to build a bottoms up movement. And my running for president is what gives all of you the opportunity to get mobilized. We're gonna have to get on the ballot in every state. So go to Dr. Shiva for president, volunteer and donate, but also understand the physics of how they manipulate us. And you can learn that at truthfreedomhealth.com. So do that, become warrior scholars, get involved. 2% of your time, 20 minutes a day is what I'm requesting everyone to do, but get active. You know, I do this. 100% plus the other 100% I got to do to do all my other stuff. So I'm asking you 2%. Do it 
for you yourself. Do it for your family. No one else is going to do it for, for you or for us. Thank you, everyone. Be the light. Be well. Um, have a good weekend. Uh, we have some good weekend stuff coming. So uh, keep an eye out for all those things. Thank you. Be well. Thank you.